The SaaS Universe podcast is brought to you by Efficient Capital Labs. Realize your future revenue today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS Universe podcast. Today, Joseph Abraham, CEO and founder of Startup Atom, has a virtual sit-down with Sedu Minakshi Sundaram, the co-founder of Zluri. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Sedu. Welcome to the SaaS Founders Podcast. It's really nice to have you. We have a ritual here, and the ritual is starting with something that inspires and motivates a founder like you. So we like to hear that. It could be a book. It could be a quote. Uh, it really doesn't matter. So what's that one thing that motivates you and wakes you up? Is that a quote that you can share with us? Sure. It's a quote from the book I read, um, written by Nike's founder, Phil Knight. Uh, the book is called Shoe Dog. Right. So one a uh, quote from that book uh, this this actually the context is important he says this before nike went for the ipo road show so, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. this is the quote that he said um the cowards never started and the weak died along the way that leaves us ladies and gentlemen us that's right. probably the motivation right awesome so he has not specified who this class of people are but they are neither cowards nor weak so yep nice great so with that as as a backdrop so i do understand that you know three friends come together start you know with a lot of you know courage uh and a company uh zuri uh so what is zuri what what does it do what's the product all about um who does it help what's the problem you're solving sure so in fact um uh, today um joseph you realized that we all live between hundreds of softwares in a day right um, right you use a ton of software in fact even for this podcast to happen we are hopped between five different software i hope right. you realize that it's subconsciously that's what we've been all been doing which means today every company is using hundreds of software doesn't True. matter how small or big they are and unfortunately companies don't have the right tools to manage these software today because of which there is so much of undiscovered software in their own landscape which leads to too much spending and also duplicated applications a lot of security and compliance nightmare as well True. and the answer to this is spreadsheet right um so we said there has to be a better way to solve it uh, for cios and and probably whoever the cios team interacts with so that's right. the fundamental reason um uh, problem that we saw because mm-hmm. of which we had to start uh, slowly and the space as defined by gartner is called saas management The right. funny part is when we started this company, we didn't even know what segment we we're operating in. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so because people call it as software problem, tool stack problem, tech stack problem, but sure. everybody is going through this problem. So we're probably in the very early days of the SaaS management. But I think mm-hmm. once cloud becomes one hundred percent before twenty thirty, uh, the platform that we're building becomes a ubiquitous one across all companies. Awesome. So. uh i mean this this problem who are you specifically solving it for so is it enterprises that's is it, it mid markets uh is there a specific segment that you're solving uh you know is there anything specific that you're doing for any of the segments uh, so this is a problem today for uh, once you cross a 100 150 employee mark in generally right. that's when you use more and more software and you starting to lose control and also it becomes an important aspect in the organization as well So any company, uh, uh, so the sweet spot today is mid market for us, like two hundred right. employees to up to two thousand rather. That's the broader range, but 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 you cannot get it. Um, enterprises are a key segment to us as well, but they are still 
40 to 50 percent still the old school of licensing which is the perpetual and on-prem installed applications right. so probably they'll be a right market um maybe in a couple of years from now hey great so say you i know you you know you discovered a pain point and you know you did see that it was a very interesting proposition to go and solve right but when did you know there's a business opportunity here there's viability also here right just pain point yes but when did you discover this, that there is an opportunity out here Sure. So I think um, coming from a sales background for more than 10 years, I, right. think I know when it's a problem that customer will pay a dollar for and won't. So when this problem occurred, we spoke to hundreds of companies globally, right? Through a network, mm-hmm. right? From small startups to big enterprises of 20,000 employees. The thing is, everybody went through this problem during COVID, if you realize, mm. because during COVID, everybody was trying to cut cost, right? Everybody would remember right. uh, mid of last year. Um, and, 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 Everybody who was going through this problem didn't know how to define this problem as. Hmm. And everybody spent two months or three months, depending on how small or big they were, to solve this problem. So we spoke to all of them and they said, hey, we didn't even know you guys are thinking of this and you're going to have a product. If somebody educated me about the product, I would have bought it. So hmm. we knew the challenge before getting into it. Right? Education was important. So that's not going to be an easy sale, like a help desk product to begin with because people are not aware of it. But we know that people said, if we knew it, we would have bought it. Right. Awesome. And uh, these are coming from people who we know for ages and not not somebody who wants to make us feel good. So I think that was a great enough, um, uh, you know, validation for us to get started. Uh, awesome. I mean, no, no, I mean, greater validation when somebody says, hey, I wish it was there. And I mean, somebody's solving. I'm, I'm so happy you're solving this. Um, absolutely. I mean, it also en- ensures that there's a lot of embrace and uh, churn in the long term becomes negative, so that's what you're, that's what everybody aims for, right? So it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah. So uh, switching gears here, so tell us a little bit about your team and how you, as a founding team, came together. Uh, so what is the genesis behind, and when did you all realize that? Hey, I think we should come together to make this happen. Sure. So interesting part is when the founding team came together, uh-huh. we had not met in the last fourteen months since then. Okay. So I think, uh, so it was a big courageous decision, like you, like you said earlier. Right? Right. And interestingly, I was in Singapore uh, when we were starting up Zluri. My co-founders were in India. But mm-hmm. the fact that we knew each other for more than seven years, and I think there's a saying, right? If you know somebody for seven years, it lasts a lifetime. Yeah. I think we're stuck with each other now. <laughs> yeah. So so when we realized this was a common problem and we aligned together and our philosophies also aligned that this is something for the long term and we knew we were not going to give up any time. Mm-hmm. And um, our families had approved us of, of this idea as well. Of course, with the condition me moving back to India was, was a key decision there. Uh, <laughs> one that was, that was agreed upon, I think we, we could have, uh, we got started. Um, and interestingly, we had complementary skill sets. So right. basically, even if one person had to leave, it would have been uh, hard for us, right? Because what Chaitanya knows, I would not know. What I know, at least doesn't know, right? Which is a plus and a minus in a, in a, in a founding team, right? Right. Um, so, but but I think the fact that we knew each other for longer made the negatives not really considered. So, there's only positives from there on. Yep. And from there on, we, we decided who would hire and how we would go about with things. And I think that story convinced um, even when we went for the funding as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. that's how even that journey was a tad bit easier uh, than people would normally imagine. Awesome. And so, Tell us a little bit about your extended team, right, from the founding team. So how many people are there and how did you go about, you know, building your first set of people? 
you know it's always a challenge to to get the, the earlier hires and then uh and then the follow up to that is like hey when you hire what do you look for so three questions in one package yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure so when ritesh chait and myself we were starting to form i think couple of things were important to us right mm-hmm. one is uh, you would know i think somebody who operates as industry joseph that today i think 6 years ago one saas product had probably two competitors right today one saas product has about 10 competitors true so and it is growing so we we realized we can't do the easy things first and take it to market right uh, but that would have sounded great for investors right but mm-hmm. we decided to do the hard things first mm-hmm. build all the hard things first so for anybody else to catch up it just scared them away because of the complexity of the product itself so right. thus the first four six months we purely built the product Mm-hmm. we realized and what did the gtm team do so we invested time on um, getting the whole content marketing and branding right from day one because right. these are compound compounding earlier you start the better yeah right yep. so so the way we hired so now that you understand the philosophy how we went about building the company the way we hired is hire um, one level below all of us who are actually superstars right mm-hmm. uh, so at least for tech to begin with that's what we did right so mm-hmm. hire four to five different um, uh, tech leaders and then hire a set of junior folks to run it and also we probably far sooner realized we can't pay the 100000 dollar salary battle in india right. even with funding coming in for us so we can't play the amazon battle right it's very difficult so sure. we realized what's the long term game we can play so, so one thing that came out very well was we went to a lot of ex entrepreneurs who hmm. were extremely motivated a great at 0 to 1 but couldn't succeed for whatever reason that was right hmm. we, we didn't we couldn't care less about that so we spoke to them about our vision they liked the problem we were solving because they had seen it first hand and we convinced them because of the confounding team who the three of us were and we asked them to join us and we hired all of them hey, that's super. how we built the gap for the technology talent when we when we started off right awesome and uh, same way for gdm also we 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 hired people who were very different who were actually operators uh, 0 to 1 uh, who says just give it to me i'll figure it out somebody yep. tells that in the interview hey i think you're hired already right that's what yep. i would say yep. but uh, that's how we bridge the gap for gdm teams uh, in totality and i think today uh, we have about close to 30 employees and i think nice. uh, we've been able to build that in a short time uh, I, i think i think i think yeah, that's been the journey so far uh, joseph hey that's really nice i mean um so very quickly uh, if you look um, look at somebody whom you're hiring uh what are the two things that you look for i mean specifically if you have to like spell it out uh i mean this will also help other founders understand like hey these are the things that we need to be looking for as well sure so in fact i'll, I'll probably tell you an example what happened right mm-hmm. so in fact the first person we issued an offer letter was to the product head or rather product manager right, right. so because right. the three co-founders don't come from a pure play product background so we decided right. that that should be like a sort of a fourth pseudo co-founder for us right uh but one thing we didn't believe in is the title inflation from the beginning we want people mm. to come and join and do the work right right so in fact um, we issued the first product lead role and the person just on the day of joining the morning he calls and tells me give me the designation of cpo and mm. all of these terms and conditions else i won't join you hmm. a lot of founders would have accepted right because it is important from fundraising perspective from building the product perspective but but guess what we, we said no hmm. if you're not joining we have to start from the beginning we will start it's okay Hmm. which has been back by 2 months perfectly okay right hmm. but we will not yield to this hmm. so that was something like a philosophy that we didn't have in hiring as well right hmm. so which hmm. brings me to the point that we want people to get things done right? got it they might have the right intent but not the skill that's perfectly okay hmm. today most of them who you hired did not come with the right skills because 
you can't wait for skills and unfortunately i think in india the real talent shortage is in the world of sas right you would know that right. being at that epicenter right. so we decided get for the right attitude uh, you know pick it up and run and i think we will help you train right that are the things that we look for in interview and that's how we got people as well absolutely i mean i mean you can hire for character i mean and and train for skill you can hone always the skills later so it's so 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 true great so back to you know moving from your team to your customers so tell us a little bit about how did you get your first 10 customers so you went to 100 100 people you figured out there's a pain point there it's a pressing pain point i mean they were looking for somebody like that education was a problem but finally you build the product so how did you get your first 10 customers so again right so i think starting a company in mid 30s has its advantages because of <laughs> networks <laughs> right <laughs> than starting in early 20s so went through all our contacts um, networks and the fact that we've been in the startup space for longer we've been operators mm-hmm. we had built a goodwill also by sharing our learnings in the past so all of them were happy to you know um, support us in that sense um, in fact if you realize we play in the in the, in the very very deep data play so we mm-hmm. need a lot of data to flow through us and even to share that um, while they might be friends of ours and really support us to expose you know tbs of data is not a joke True. right uh, but they're True. willing to do that for us so that's how we got the initial customers uh, through referrals on our network uh, because of which the product became better yep right yep. and based on which then we were able to go and tell to a customer hey now pay the money for it hmm. so it became easier because i know the product would work right so that's how we started moving from the paid customers and i think a lot of um, uh, um investor support also we had well they connecting mm. to their network were able to pitch to them and because of which we got connect uh, you know um, support in terms of customers as well so yeah hey great so what's that one thing that brings customers to you right like one one major factor is it like they save a lot of money using your product because now they're optimizing their spend or is it them adopting to products because now they know that who's using who's not using and if it aligns to the mission critical objectives that they have or the organization they make people use so what's it one thing that's driving people um so what we realize is today we educate them on the problem so okay. first they think is okay we never thought about the problem so you're mm-hmm. saying there is a solution to it mm-hmm. tell me how it works so they're willing to do so what we do something called a free saas audit okay right we okay. say no money don't pay us any money we'll do an audit for you Mm-hmm. so it's like the master health checkup right right i do it for your body and i say hey uh, joseph you're great but guess what couple of issues at your end but i can help you solve it so you right. would, you would just naturally go ahead and say okay tell me what you can do right so i think that's what happens with most of our uh, prospects we tell them what's in the landscape for free no questions asked moment they see the report we present and how we can help them they then they sign up so that's an easier way to cut short the sales cycle and tell them what's in it in their own environment for free and then convert them to paying customer so people come to us for cost reduction uh, sometimes more importantly for even managing the renewal calendar for saas yeah. renewals and even for security compliance uh, people buy for different reasons true um, true so yeah hey great really nice so um with customers you now you know you you're signing up customers all of it going really great and easy and it's it's now smoothing off but when was the moment where you as a founding team had a moment of epiphany where you said hey i think we feel that what we are set out to do uh, is really getting validated because uh, of these these things or probably it could be a moment it could be different moments together uh, but any any stories like that that could really like help our audience like learn a little bit about you know how you went through the whole journey 
Sure. So I think I think um, normally uh, for me personally, right? I can talk about personally is um, right. To me, um, ideas have to be simple when you have to explain to someone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so so as Luri, I say anything has to pass through me as a product, right? Because right, uh, I am the dump proof test. If you understand the product features, it is anybody else can understand, right? I don't know right. technology jargon to me, right? Right. So when we started this idea, and I was making a move with my family from Singapore to India, right? So obviously mm-hmm. people were saying, "Are you out of your mind?" So to me, I knew we were onto something when I explained it to my dad. And my mm-hmm. dad is a 65-year-old, uh, mm-hmm. and he's a doctor. When you're a doctor, you know what happens, right? You disregard tech. Yep. Because you think you're above everything, right? That's how <laughs> right. my my dad was, and so. To explain to him, I just had to explain it very simply. Right. I couldn't have told whatever I told you, right? So the way I explained to him, uh, Joseph, is um, when electricity powered up the world, mm-hmm. having an equivalent meter to measure was not a luxury but a necessity. Right. Similarly, as software power up the businesses throughout the world and more so post pandemic, then having an equivalent meter to them measure on what's happening in the software environment becomes a necessity not luxury. Today, yep. nobody knows that. But I know mm. it, and that's what I'm going to set out to build. My wow. dad says, "Huh? If it's like the meter, I'm sure people would want it. So I think you're onto something. Good luck building. That was yep. the approval that I needed, right? Yep. And everybody that I spoke to, my uncle, aunt, uh, family members, everybody understood it in less than thirty seconds. Hmm. And when you explain an idea in less than thirty seconds, it's powerful, right? Yep. Uh, yep. And, and and today, most of our pitch happens in fifteen minutes, and a customer mm. decides whether to go or not in the next fifteen minutes. It's good. I can do the volume, and with more volumes, I get more success, and that's how you build the company. Wow, wow! I mean, this is this is really nice. I mean, this is a like a, a lesson in narrative building itself, right? So, a lot of times, I think when you when when founders set out to build narratives, they want to do a whole big exercise and and um, and and kind of build an authority with you know those flowery words and add all of those jargons and make it look big like probably add hyper and all of that stuff right to the to the whole pitch but i, I think it's so true right i mean if you can help people understand um what you're really essentially doing i think people i mean if they get it i mean it's nothing like it right that's what it's all about end of the day uh that's a great narrative right there right they get it really really amazing so that 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 was your validation point so quickly uh have you raised any funds and if so what is the process uh did you use a cap table for it and so how did you go about doing that so we raised funding seed round mm-hmm. um, so mm-hmm. early this year in jan 2020 2021 right from india partners and kalari capital hey so, nice uh, when we set out a race uh, it was pre product in a way right but i think it was based on the team and what the idea we had what our execution is our right. initial thought process and the and the basic product also was was in place as well that's how we raised up the, the initial uh, funding round and we raised it based on what we set out to build so people said why not half a mil why not one mil why not whatever hmm. so, but we set out hmm. to build two mil we, when we raised, it was even before the whole flurry of investment is happening currently around us, right? But right. we raised that based on what we want to build um, and True. how long we want to have the runway for. So that's how we decided to do it. And and when we when we began, we didn't even know how much or how the whole cap table, honestly, it works, right? If I say I'm an expert, no, that's wrong. True. Right? Definitely I wasn't. But um, there are a lot of people to help us out. Thankfully, I think there are a lot of proven founders who we were in touch with. They gave mm-hmm. us a lot of insights on how to think about this, right? Uh, where mm-hmm. you should think big, where you should not pay an pitch, 
etc so that gave us a good insight into constructing the cap table itself awesome and our investor is supportive also because end of the day um they don't want founders to lose a lot then yep. then what's the point in 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 the hard work they're going to put right so i think today the whole founder investor equation is also pretty healthy uh, in the ecosystem True. True. so we were able to go with a cap table that that made everyone happy hey that's great so are you likely to raise in the future and if so what are the macro factors at play we will raise in the future mm-hmm. right uh, again timing everything is yet to be uh, finalized though uh, macro factor is simple i think uh, usage of software is not going down everybody's yeah. realized that and True. usage of soft saas is not going down as well right yep. so uh, and also interesting like i say is saas has finally made software better faster cheaper Yep. until then software was expensive clunky and in the hands of few so i think anything so i i you know we explain to some of my customers i tell them that um e-commerce moment to commerce is how saas is to software so right. i think it's not going away uh, which means the macroeconomic trends are in complete favor of what we're trying to build for and yep by 2030 people are expecting at least enterprise software value itself is going to be trillion dollars conservatively and to manage a trillion dollars you need a system of record that's what we're building so, yep yeah. yep awesome awesome and so what's the future of zuri and and where are you guys heading right now i mean uh, how does 2021 and 2022 look for you short term and long term it looks fantastic for us right i think a great reception i think what we're aiming to do right now is to build for the us market awesome. i think that's where a real success lies which is still right. in the early stages for us today most of our customers are from asia of course because right. of the trust we built they come and, and and it works for us but i think our scalability and long term growth we're hedging clearly in the us mm-hmm. because in the us it's a mature problem we already use a ton of software True. but in asia if you realize probably salesforce set its foot in asia just probably few years ago right True. so unless salesforce worktape service now the, the giants of saas unless they put their full force in asia asia won't be a great market for us personally Right? true which i tend true. to think will happen in 2 to 3 years anyways so and so i think our success for the long term lies in terms of our execution in the us market how we do true. it um, and that's what our long term prospects lie on but for short term we're very very well poised for the growth um, um, in asia and a tad bit in the us as well hey great so i have a quick rapid five for you sedu so um just to get to know you as a as a person as a founder right so question number 1 is a book that you're reading or a book or a blog you're reading right now Uh, book um, obviously awesome by April Dunford. Sorry, I, I didn't get that. Obviously awesome. Obviously awesome. Okay, awesome, great. And is there a CEO you're following or studying? I studied a lot about um, Jeff Bezos principles. Actually, okay, and we implemented a lot. Anything that stuck, like with you? Yeah, yeah. So an important thing that stuck. I'm not sure how many people would have remembered that. I think. Uh, what stuck with me is um every department should talk through apis okay right so everything that we do uh, at slurry today uh, should be thought like an api which means rep- you don't have to re- create everything from ground up right think of it like an api just easy to push it out and get started with and that's how our entire teams talk to each other today hey that's really nice and uh the third question is what's your favorite online saas app online saas app i, I think grammarly Grammarly, okay, <laughs> interesting one. Okay, and how many hours of sleep do you catch, Sedu? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> so as long as my wife doesn't hear this podcast, then I can say eight hours. But no, the answer is six. 
six okay <laughs> and in situation married single kids I'm married okay married and with a 3 year old hey nice 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 so the last question to end this whole podcast is hey what's something that you wish that you knew when you were 20 years old so if today sedu had to go back and have a conversation with 20 year old sedu what would he say um always play in an area where the market is large okay right so this comes from personal experience as well um, so i think uh, you earlier worked in certain industries which you know would not grow but you just got stuck there but i think i saw the software boom happening long time ago but i never made the move hmm. i'm glad today i'm playing in an area which is trillion dollar market value by in 10 years which is a space to be in so always play in an area that's that's large large enough hey great it's really nice chatting with you sedu i mean there's a lot of points that i could pick from the whole conversation um you know what is interesting is that um one of the things that i noted is that when you actually study people um like it could be phil knight or jeff bezos i think you actually look at um you know taking those those principles and then uh see how it is relevant to you and then you probably also like build your own sub principles out of it so i i i saw that over and over again like the way you suggested so that was something that really stuck with me the second thing that really stuck with me is uh the way you know your hiring processes are in place so you hire to get things done as against to you know hiring people for the sake of hiring i mean uh it's such a simple thing to say but especially when you're growing and you need to hire people it's a lot at stake it's difficult to do that you know and and it's amazing that you guys are doing that and i like what you said you you understand your complementing skill sets and you hired the superstars on next to you i mean it's it's there's something that really stuck you know very well with me the other thing was before you started out you went and spoke to 100 companies i mean i mean people do say that they do user interviews and all of that but more so often i think uh, somebody has been that done that and then started a product uh, that ratio against people who claim they do is is very thin the margins are very thin and but you guys have done it so it's really brilliant um also i the other thing that really stuck you know was uh, these two two statements about you know the powering of electricity and metering it and um same way the world being powered by software and then uh, having a way to actually analyze it so i think that really stuck i mean and that being understood by your dad and my wife is a doctor so i do understand the connections i have at back at my home right so uh, <laughs> yep so i mean i i totally get it um and it's, it's that 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 actually build a lot of resonance because such a simple thing that you actually were able to like you know think of but it's such a powerful it's it's profound because people get it and uh, i mean great narrative you know building exercise that you guys have done and arrived at because you're making it so lucid and simple um with what you're doing is you know actually it's, it's complex but you're making making it sound simple great and um also about uh, i like the way um you actually spoke about uh you know playing a larger field right and i think that's so so true because i think that gives you the length and the breadth and the spectrum to actually grow and do things in a, in a whole different way so i mean there a lot of learnings for me personally you know with what you shared uh, sedu i mean uh, thanks so much for your time and um, you know looking forward to staying in touch that's all for today folks 
Thank you for tuning into the SaaS Universe podcast. And remember, if you're looking for non-dilutive capital to help grow your business, Efficient Capital Labs is here to help. With their unique approach, you can receive up to 75% of your projected revenue as upfront capital and all within just three days. So don't wait. Head to www.ecaplabs.com to learn more and get started today. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time on the show.